listening to the podcast by CISD SOAS, the Center of International Studies and Diplomacy. As part of our podcasts on life in the UN, we're speaking to Mr. Mubiala from the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights, OHCHR. Mr. Mubiala, thank you for being with SOAS Radio and for your insightful talk earlier. You've worked at OHCHR for the past 22 years. What was the process through which you first joined the organization? Before joining the organization, I was a student here in Geneva. Uh, I hold my PhD at the Graduate Institute of International Studies. And uh, while completing my PhD, I was working with the UNITA uh, as a research associate uh, on international uh, environmental law. And then, uh, with the crisis of Rwanda, the Security Council decided to establish the Commission of Experts on Rwanda, and I was invited to join the Secretary of the Commission uh, in order to make, to make research for the experts, etc. That uh, was the instrument, the way in which I joined the, the organization. Throughout your time here, you've, have you always been certain that OHCHR is where you want to be, where you feel you can be most effective in evoking human rights change? Yes, yes. Uh, I think that uh, since uh, 20 years, uh, because now we have 20 years since uh, the office was established, uh, there is uh, an increase aware awareness of uh, the human rights you know, uh, agenda uh, of the UN. I think that uh, one positive aspect of uh, the creation of the office uh, is the upgrade of its position among the other departments of the UN. And uh, now, I think that the Office of the Commission for Human Rights is in a central position. And uh, uh, in terms of advocacy, uh, we can say that uh, uh, there is an impact uh, on, uh, you know, political agenda, on uh, development agenda, etc. Now the, the the problem or the caveat is how to translate concretely this awareness, you know, the, the, this uh, human rights agenda, uh, uh, from the uh, awareness raising uh, position uh, to concrete. Uh, programs and activities. I think that uh, I think the next steps the office uh, uh, will take, and uh, if we take the uh, initiative adopted by the Secretary General uh, Ban Ki Moon uh, last year, uh, the so-called uh, human rights uh, uh, upfront. I think now with human rights upfront, all the staff working with the UN. Uh, uh, will be considered as human rights protectors or human rights defenders. And then, uh, 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 due to the, the scarcity of financial means, uh, which the, the Office of the Commission of Human Rights has, other developed departments of uh, the UN, UNDP, OSHA, etc., could raise more funds for the human rights activities. Human rights activities is a cross-cutting issue. It, it is not an issue only for the Office of the Commissioner. It is an issue for all the UN departments and for the, the uh, all the international 
cooperation and development uh, mechanism or uh, bodies. That's very important. I think that uh, this gives to human rights the possibility to, to be mainstreamed uh, across the world and uh, across uh, all the populations. You talked about the importance of implementing the international in the local. Through your work in the field, what would you say has been the most impact you've had on governments observing human rights? Uh, the main impact uh, I can say was, first of all, uh, to see that uh, the human rights officers were more close to the states. That's very important. And that's why, uh, if you already are aware, there is a process for restricting the office in order to establish regional apps to, to, to make the office more closer uh, to states. That's very important. And uh, on the, at the local level, at the national level, you can mobilize more people around uh, human rights. And it was for me uh, very, very important to see that when I was there in Cameroon, in uh, Burundi, in uh, CR, human rights became more and more an issue of political dialogue and an issue of development dialogue, an issue of humanitarian dialogue. That's very, very important. And uh, it's uh, for me, uh, I gain in terms of uh, how uh, to implement effectively human rights. You can implement human rights from Geneva. Geneva can give guidance. Geneva can give, uh, you know, principles. But these principles and guidelines have to be integrated in national policies, even in regional policies, if you are working with regional communities or organizations, for example, the ECOWAS, ECAS in Central Africa, International Great Lake region. I will mention an example for you. When it was decided to convene an international conference on the Great Lakes by the African Union and by the United Nations. The first question, the first recommendation made by the then Secretary General Kofi Annan was to ensure that uh, this process is well right based. And I was myself uh, in a task uh, to organize a workshop, an expert workshop, we can say a round table in uh, Yaoundé, involving experts, human rights experts, involving uh, our field rep uh, presence representative, etc. And we came with a document, we adopted a document, the document of Yaoundé, on the integration of human rights in the process of the Great Lakes. This document was endorsed by the government. And when the government, during the three years of the process, of the peace process, the government adopted a peace pact for the stability, for the security and development of the Great Lake regions, including at least six human rights protocols. Now, these protocols are there. Some of them are original. For example, if you take the protocol uh, on the prevention of genocide, establishing a regional committee on the prevention of genocide, if you take the protocol on uh, cooper judicial cooperation, you take the protocol on illegal exploitation of natural resources. There, even the protocol 
on the protection of IDPs, they were a, a, a innovative uh, instruments, etc. But the, the problems now, the issue now is that they were adopted since 10 years. It was in December uh, 2006, I was in Nairobi when the head of state signed this pact. But now the issue, the problem is how, first of all, to, to ensure that uh, people from this region are aware of uh, these uh, human rights protocols, how the states can translate in national laws and, and, and policies. Because in this region, you can't have a peace, a certain peace and development in the Great Lakes regions without advancing on human rights issues. That's very, very, that's a priority. And uh, if there is a progress uh, in the human rights field, they will have a, a great impact on the relationship between states, on the democracy, on the development, and also on peace and security as a whole. Do you think the UN has made progress in the effectiveness of its approach to such interventions? Have the ethos and goals changed much during your time at the organization? Yes, I think. I think yeah. that uh, there is a progress. But uh, the only problem is the limitation due to the lack of political will and also the lack of means. You will see that your office, our office, uh, receives only 1% of the budget of the organizations. It's, it's very, very, very uh, low uh, in terms of... Uh, and also, uh, it is compensated, the, 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 the field, the, the, the gap is filled by some extra budgetary. Uh, contributions, but most of these extra budgetary contributions are earmarked funds. You can't, uh, you know, use this kind of funds uh, without the authorization of the, the donors, because the donors give for one program. If this program is completed or can't be uh, implemented, you have to go to the donors to ask him if autocrat to ask them if they authorize you to use this money for other things. Now the problem is the problem of lack of means. That's why I think that now there is an effort be done, being done by the office to improve and to strengthen his uh, 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 raising, fundraising uh, uh, units or section or division in order uh, to get more money to be able to implement in its activities uh, around the world. Because uh, I told you at the beginning of the lesson that uh, at the beginning we only had in 19th only two, three to four office, offices in the field. Now we have more than 50. Uh, there are more than 50. And you have to, to pay for these people. And we have also uh, to to, to, to pay for equipment, logistics, in order to ensure that you can't uh, go around, monitor the situation, reports, etc. Uh, we have some problems when we are working on the ground because some uh, uh, agencies like UNDP can come with uh, one, two, three millions for a programs. But if you, you, you come without, you, you come only with, you come with a uh, 10,000, 10, but you are not serious. And uh, also people, you know, will not take into account 
your, your, your presence there. Uh, that's a problem we have to address in order to ensure that we become uh, operational like uh, UNSCR, like uh, UNDP is a, a problem for financial means. What was it like moving from field missions back to working here at Geneva? The feel of the work must be very different. Did you yes. find it a difficult transition to make? Uh, no, it's not difficult to, for someone who is, uh, we usually do that. Oh, this okay. kind of, uh, you know, uh, going and return. But uh, it is difficult for people who worked in the field to come here too. Because uh, the type of work done here at the headquarters is very different. It's a kind of normative, administrative, uh, you know, uh, work. But in the field you are operational. You are doing with civil society organizations, with stakeholders, with governments, with uh, embassies, uh, etc., with victims. That's not the case for someone. But it is important that uh, a system of rotation be established like in the UNCR in order uh, to gain, uh, to have uh, two ways, uh, communication way, you know, uh, between the field and, uh, and the headquarters. And I think that uh, the restructuring process uh, aims uh, is to ensure that uh, uh, everyone has this possibility to go to the field and to come uh, to the headquarters if possibilities allows. And what would you say is the most challenging or frustrating aspect about your job? Uh, maybe the, 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 the career development. I don't know because of the, the lack of rotations. I don't know maybe before, uh, because of uh, the, the, you know, the, the small uh, structure the office has, uh, there was no possibility uh, to move from one position to another. Uh, I know that some people who, was, who were trained by me uh, are now the di directors, but because they went to the field. Yes, for family reasons I didn't, uh, but here it's very difficult to move from one position to another. That's the most uh, frustrating thing. But apart from these aspects, I think that uh, I enjoy uh, my job and uh, I, I have uh, still five years before retiring. I think that I will continue to save as before and after that, if God allows, I think that I will uh, put my expertise uh, at the disposal of African states, especially my own country, where I, I plan to return uh, to continue to train people and to continue to also uh, to do research on uh, African issues and development. And finally, is there any advice that you would give to someone interested in working at OHCHR, personal characteristics? That yes, of course, I think that is very important, first of all, uh, to know the, the office. Uh, what we did today, this morning, is very important. Uh, it's kind of awareness activity, but it is, it's important for who can do that to take an internship.
and internships allows you to know people, enables you to know people, to know uh, the, the, the organization, to know the functioning, the, to know the operations. Uh, it's very important. And also uh, to know that the office is not the only uh, place where human rights uh, are being implemented. Now, as I told you, it is the women rights is are cross-cutting issue. You can work with UNDP, you can work with uh, other uh, departments, etc., on human rights. That's very important. And so, I will also uh, advise that it is important at the first instance to uh, privilege or to, to, to prioritize the work on the ground in the field. It, get, it gives you a good background, a, a good experience in order to capture and to, to understand the dynamics at the headquarters. That's uh, very important for uh, the career development. Because I was blocked also because I didn't uh, work uh, several years in the field. If this was the case, I think that I would be in a better position than in the position I am now. Thank you very much. Yeah, I thank you myself. This was a podcast by CISD SOAS, the Center of International Studies and Diplomacy. Thank you for listening.